Welcome everybody. I'll give it a second. Today is just gonna be whoever's watching online. It was like a little bit of like a monsoon outside, getting ready for circus in this weather. Um, okay, so if you're in the kitchen or if you're at work and you're at home, um, wherever you are, my, some of my kids are still sleeping, so I'm gonna like try to get in a class before. Um, you should just know that, welcome everybody. You should just know that originally when I started this series, it was all online, so I'm gonna need you guys to answer. <laughs> Today we have like an off day. Um, okay, so today we are up to chapter 27 of Tanya. We have been going like pretty straightforward. I see Tapora's here. No tickets today, you could just watch it online. Um, okay, so let's do a, just like a drop of, a drop of a recap of 26. We're not gonna do the whole like one through 26 spiel. Now we're gonna start with 26 and moving forward. Um, but chapter 26, we started um, a new subject. Um, we give a metaphor um, of this. Oh, the love is here. Hi. Come say, come here. Because I'm going to be just talking straight to you. Oh, great. Sounds wonderful. Okay, I'm going to have a one-on-one harissa -on -one, um, here. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. One second, which side of the street did you park on? On the right side? Okay, fine. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm sitting here, I'm like, I forgot what it's like to talk to myself, so I'm like so happy. But I also switch up the background because I'm like, if it's just me. Okay. Oh, oh my gosh. No, literally, I was like just starting. Okay. Oh, okay, perfect. So now I'm not going to be just talking to you, I'm going to be talking behind also. Okay. Okay. It's freezing outside. It's a mobble. Yeah. Okay. It's we good. We got the on. I know. I'm like, as long as there's a mobble Parshas Noah for the Bar Mitzvah, but it'll be good. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So I was saying that like starting chapter 26 was really like a new subject. Like one through 26 was everything that we needed to know. It was like the mechanics. And now it's like, okay, why can't I implement it? So like in 26, now you're going to have to answer every question. In 26, we said that there's something that would stop us from achieving the results. So we say you could be the best wrestler and you could be the strongest and you could have all the tools that you need, but you can't implement them properly because you're sad or you don't know how to connect to it, right? So like at that moment, we said there are some things that will bring us down. So I think like mostly what I'm learning from the Balatanya is that like there's no excuses. Like stop making excuses for ourselves. Like you have everything, you know how to implement it, so why are you not implementing it? So you say, well, I have physical problems, I have money problems, I have health problems, and I don't, have the means to be able to serve Hashem with joy. So then what do we say? Like, what was the first part of chapter 26? Chapter 26 with the physical problems, we said, if you, what? Hold on. Hold on and then save it for later, right? Okay, so if you could do it later. Then we spoke about spiritual problems that would cause us not to be happy and that we refer to as the big G word, guilt, oh. right? Okay, so guilt, my guilt is like, okay, I'll put me in a downward spiral. So like, I'm not gonna access the things that I need to access because I feel so bad and I'm such a bad person. And like, then you start just going down to this downward spiral and then you're like, oh my God, I forgot. So we say, now's not the time, do it by Cheshman HaNefesh, right? So we said there are two ways to access it. That was all chapter 26. And now we're moving on to chapter 27. So we keep trying to come up with ways of saying like, I can't do it, it's so hard. Right? I can't do it. So what is chapter 27's problem? Chapter 27 is interesting because it says instead of dealing it with, I, I spoke Lashon Hara, I'm such a bad person, I 
Um, I, um, I acted with impatience, I'm such a bad person, and then go into a guilty downward spiral. Chapter 27 says, I didn't even have to do it. It's nothing to do with my actions, thoughts, or speech. It's just who I am as a person. Like, did you ever hear like people say that, like, oh, I'm just a lazy person. You didn't act out lazy, you looked pretty gashik, but you're like, no, but inherently I'm a lazy person. That's something that we refer to as shame. So shame is like tricky because shame is like, not about what I've done, but it's just who I am. So it's like even like a deeper I level. I really am, and people think it's the funniest thing. I am the laziest person. <laughs> I will call. It doesn't make sense. My husband <laughs> from upstairs and be like, "Can you bring me?" Um, okay, that's right. No, because I'm. I'll admit it. I'm lazy, but I can. When you're motivated to do something, right. you're going to persevere through it because you have a motivation. You have a goal. Right. But like the problem is that we stop ourselves by saying like, this is the kind of person I am. So like in 26, you were saying, these are all the things that I've done. But here in 27, it's like, it didn't even enter my levution. Like it didn't even, it just, it is just my inherent soul is a lazy person. Well, maybe that's like, just because we make ourselves think that that's what we are. Like I just said. Of course. In reality, if I want to do something, I do it. Right. So the, that actually goes back to, let's say like, in the beginning when we were saying like you can take your soul and then you can dress it up in clothing and you'll do whatever you need to do and then you undress when you come home, right? We said that you could act certain ways. So with that knowledge, that's like why it's like 1 through 26 is like, it's like all the knowledge you'll ever need to deal with the rest of Tanya because really what you're saying is that like I have soul garments, I can choose to do them, choose not to do them, but what if it is actually my soul? What if it is actually like a real problem? That's like shame. Like I can look like a Benoni in like all areas of life. Like I can look like I've perfected it, but I have a little dirty secret that I have a problem with. And where does that take you? So that's the question really in 27. He's saying like, where does this concept of shame and how does it disconnect me from Hashem? Like you could say like, let's say like I'm talking to about time, I'm having conversations about time. I could say like, oh, uh, I, I can't, I can't do this because I don't have enough money. Okay. Well, that we spoke about in 27. Well, I can't do this because um, I have, you know, a sick child. Well, we spoke about what to do. So now it's like, but not because of anything outside, just because of me. And how do I deal with that? So you tell the Bible, Tanya, you tell, you say like, I have the best excuse not to be happy. I am just a impatient person. I am just depressed. I am just lazy. I'm just somebody who goes after all my desires and everything that I need. That's the kind of person I am. So Maltani says, obviously that's not an excuse, and we'll try to figure out today why that's not an excuse. So he says that the Altarebbe says not only that you shouldn't be like sad, because that's a big problem. You're like, okay, so I am okay. We ha we're gonna have to think of an example that's like relatively like comfortable for everybody. Like, what would be something that somebody feels like so bad about that is themselves that maybe people don't know? Well, I was telling you yesterday in our, on my car ride home, they're like, I'm an impatient person. Like you wouldn't necessarily see it in me. Like you wouldn't think like maybe like outside people in the office or people that I interact with don't see me as impatient. But the second I walk into my door, I'm like, that's me. That's who I am. I'm impatient. If nobody's in the car with me, they don't see that I become impatient. So on the outside, I look like I'm a Benoni, but really, really I'm struggling. So what the Alter Rebbe says about that is that you shouldn't just... You shouldn't be sad. And if anything, not you shouldn't be sad. You should be happy with the struggles that you have. So, oh, she probably like can't connect to the Wi-Fi. Um, so the altar says not, not only not be sad, but also cherish it. Like take that thing that you're, it's a, it's a really, it's like a chiddush. It's like a radical point to say that like, I'm drawn to certain things that are not good. 
And now he's saying, doesn't matter. Just be happy with the things that you're drawn to. I was having this conversation with someone recently that like even like if I'm not mistaken, even like that thing inside of you that is is that's kind of like your personal klipa of like lacking to connect with Hashem, but like Hashem is giving that gift to you so that you can channel that to be closer to Him. If you're referring back to those other tool chapters, that's right. Like that's exactly it. Like if you think about it, like let's say like in the Torah, there's like losases and like sases, right? Like things that you can do and things that you could do. The fact that there's something that you can't do in the Torah. And Hashem created that thing that you can't do means that your soul has to have a tikkun in that area. It's like, it's not like, oh my God, I'm such a bad person. I stray after like the worst things. Well, guess what? The Torah says, don't stray after those things. So that means that there were things created that you're not supposed to stray after. Exactly. Like almost like the unattainable klipas. Like the, the, there are things that you're not supposed to want. Let's say it's seafood, whatever. For me, that's easy, right? But like my soul is craving seafood. Okay, so don't say, like, I think like food is just easy. Like don't say to yourself like, oh my gosh, like I'm such a bad person. Like I'm a person who always wants seafood. We go to a restaurant and I just want seafood. But Hashem wants Stop for a second. Long. Right. Hashem wants. Connect to the fact that you want that and you're not doing it. And that is Tashem, like the best next thing. Level. Right, next level. We were talking about this, like, um, well, I don't even know what day it was. Tuesday? I, I like, don't even know that today's Friday. We were saying how, like, the things, I forgot how it came up in the conversation, but, like, the things that we think are the worst things for us are really, the like, a tikkun for us, and we'll, we'll get to towards the end of chapter 27 that, now, I don't want to say that, like, oh, now you have, like, a get out of jail free card. Like, oh, I have bad things. Oh, this is good for me. This is good for me. This is good for me. It's like, do those things like, right. Like, like, because I, right. I know. Um, someone just asked, I, we try to do it once a week. Even if there's nobody here, we're, we're trying once a week. So you're going to tell me like, okay, I can't feel sad. I can't feel guilty. And I, I feel pain. I feel down about myself, but not only do I not feel down myself, you should be happy about it. Cause this is by the way, like a, should I send Nachama upstairs or no? Nachama, are you able to do that upstairs? Is this like counterintuitive? Like, no, it's not. Okay. No, see, you're chattering. <laughs> yeah, I'm chattering. I'm guilty myself. I know. So you really, you recognize this is like the main theme of Tanya is that like it's probably the most prominent and like reoccurring theme in Tanya is that not only is it acceptable to have challenges, it's preferable to have challenges. In the eyes of Hashem, it's something that what he wants. He gives um, an example. Um, My daughter asked me this morning, why if Hashem wants us to do mitzvahs and sitting in the sukkah is a mitzvah, why is it raining? Why is it raining? And I was like, I don't have an answer, but, and I actually referred kind of to this concept that I said, like, Hashem gave us challenges sometimes, and it's up to us to still have simcha on, on sukkahs and to, like, not let the fact that it's raining, we can't be, do that mitzvah. Right. Like, right. Do other I feel like them. a previous version of myself would have been like so bummed out, especially because like I want to get a picture of my sukkah, my table, and I rented tablecloths and we did the string lights and I spent hours doing the flowers last night in the rain and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not even going to be able to set my table till a second before. But like as real, my son was like giving me a chizuk. He's like, Ma, this is exactly what we're supposed to be. We're bringing down the shepherd from Shemayim before we get to sukkah. I was like, whoa! Like he's almost like he's indoctrinated. Like we get this. Like we understand 
that this rain is a challenge, but I accept the challenge, like challenge accepted, and I'm gonna see how I'm gonna deal with it. So what we're saying is that like in chapter 15, we were saying that there's two types of benonim, right? We said that there's a benoni that has it easy and the benoni that actually has to work for it. The, the Alter Rebbe is saying that the one who's a benoni who's coasting, even he has to push himself. Remember we said that like somebody has it easy, but he still has to push himself. So, but we're saying now that the one that struggles, that's really what we're trying to tap into. We're always trying to tap into our struggles, which is a crazy concept because we're like service by Hashem, like an, an Oved, remember we said an Oved versus an Eved? This was like a while ago, but I feel like you probably remember it, but it means that service by definition is a struggle and we want to struggle. How are we gonna deal with it? So does it even have value? So we keep saying it has value, it has value. So like, I always wanna know like, what does it mean, like value? Like. I'm really not so good at math, but like, I, I don't know if it's like algebra or whatever, but like there's a concept of like value and like place value. Like, what does it mean? Is there, what does it mean that there's a value to my struggle? So, um, and by the way, we don't have, sometimes we don't have a choice on the struggle that we get. It's not like it's a smorgasbord. We could pick like, oh, um, it pushes me to do chuva faster. Someone's saying like, when you have struggles, it pushes you to do chuva faster as opposed to like just well, taking I mean, it easy, I right? I mean to say that that concept is more the guilt factor. Because you're guilting yourself, I could be wrong. No, you know. The point is in that, but my my that teshuva. If if you're if you have a struggle and that's you're like oh this is be and that's thinking oh Hashem is doing X Y and Z giving me these challenges because I did something wrong therefore mm. I need to repent for that. Right. So it's almost like a yira type of perspective. Like, right. Exactly. Right. So I think the time is saying it's not that save that for your cheshbon hanefesh. Realize that the challenges that you're given, while they're daunting and you're struggling to connect to Hashem, the whole point of even realizing your challenges is that you're, right. you're like wondering where, like, why is this happening? And the answer is because Hashem wants you to look inside of you and connect to Him through right. your challenge. And it's and but it's a deeper way. Or, right. So it's like right. If you had a value of like struggle and not produce bottom line results. That's a Russia, right? Or like struggle and produce bottom line results. That's a Benoni. And then there's not struggling and producing bottom line results. And that's a Tadik. So it's like, where do we fall under? You can't just say like, this is me and then give up and say like, like let's say this chapter is about shame. Like then, then that's just who I am. Then, then you're giving up. You're not producing anything. So what you are producing is of value. So even the people who are wired to have it easy, Tanya says, no, stretch yourself, push yourself, right? Even if it's not. So this is a person who's feeling down about his shame and about what he likes and what he's attracted to. And he's saying like, I'm supposed to feel happy in this. How do I feel happy? Um, so that idea that there are things out there in this world that Hashem doesn't want us to do. And the fact that those are out there are constant reminders that that means that I'm supposed to be working. So the fact that we have those essays out there is to remind us that, okay, then it must be that other people struggle with it. It's funny because he says that the Baltania thinks that like every generation thinks like, oh, this is something new that our generation is dealing with. Like we're dealing with this taiva, we're dealing with this problem. And, and it's like, no, it's all recorded in Torah. All the low sasses, 365 of them are all the things that you're gonna come up with. Like, and every generation is gonna take a different spin, but it's not like it's something that was never there before. This has been here before. So I think that also helps. Like this is something that like, okay, maybe I'm not struggling exactly with idol worship now, but like other generations struggled with it. We're, we're, we're struggling with it on a different way, but Baltania almost makes us feel better by saying it's all out there. We've seen it, been there, done that. 
just take your struggle and run with it. But I want to be able to give Hashem what he wants from me. So me saying, I'm going to perfect myself, I'm going to perfect myself, I'm going to perfect myself, that's, that's good, but doing it without your struggle, it's not with like the same oomph. It's also, I think if you're not doing it with your struggle, then you're, forget it, then you're eventually going to hit a brick wall and you're going to be like, like we just had these conversations in the last couple of weeks, like, like, right. well, uh, here I am trying to connect, and then, and then I have a bad davening. Like, right. what's going on here? Like, right. davening's actually next week. We'll do davening next week. But yeah, I was but, thinking of you. But like, but the, it, it kind of all plays it. Like, I know I have major ADD, and for me to sit in shul is a real challenge and a real struggle. And then you put on top of it, out of circumstances, and it's going to be it's both. even harder. Right. So why is this happening to me? Oh, it must just be because I ADD, and it's like, that's it. But like, this is what Hashem gave me. Right. And I can either feel down about it, angry about it, or I can Or you can channel it. And then channel it, and more than that, like, bring it into into the highest form. Like, I always say that. Like, thank you, Hashem, that we're in our shul, that, like, it's everybody's like whether you're wearing that's sneakers or you're not sneakers. sneakers. That's why there's dancing and there's singing and there's movement. And it's like it made me realize like put yourself in an environment where you can use your challenges. Like imagine you were in a place where you were stifled and you couldn't use your challenges. So it's like I'm grateful to be in a place that accepts my challenges. That's what it is. It's like accepting. It's being yourself. Like we always talk about being authentic. Tap into your authentic self with your struggles and serve Hashem with that. That's how we're supposed to do it. So he actually, um, Shay's Tao told a story of like a shaliach who was makar of a man who, a young man who was engaged at that point. And he didn't realize he was dating somebody, she wasn't Jewish, and his parents got like whiff of it. And even though they were totally not religious, they were like, my son cannot marry out of the tribe. And like, he has to marry someone Jewish. And it's like, okay, hey, where were you his whole life? But now at this point, he's ready to marry somebody. He's ready to get married, but he's also learning. So his parents were like sending him to like rabbis, whatever. And finally the shliach sent him to the rabbi. And he said, go to the Baba Rebbe, you have to talk to him. And he's like, listen, my parents sent me to every rabbi, every whatever, I'm not changing. I love this person, this is the person who I'm gonna marry. Um, yeah, I'm gonna still keep Shabbos, but like this is the person I'm gonna marry. And then finally he makes his way to the Baba Rebbe and, and he was like giving out dollars and he was talking to him and he told him what's going on. And he said, he looked at him and he said, I envy you. And he was like so confused by that statement. And he's like, I envy you because you have a struggle. You can give something to Hashem. You can sacrifice something up to Hashem that I don't have. Like, I don't have that struggle to marry non-Jew, but you do. So if you win over that, then you won in the area that I don't, right? That's like the line, The Rebbe at that moment was saying, I'm a tzaddik in that area. I've perfected myself in that area. You didn't, you have something that I don't have. Right, You know? Right, I think about that a lot, like I, in the city, like I'm teaching girls who are like, let's say, first learning about Shabbos, and I'm like, I'm getting so excited for them, because I'm like, you can experience Shabbos in a way that like, I, I'm not gonna have that, I, I don't have that. So that's the thing. So the Rebbe explained, basically, take your opportunity, sacrifice it to Hashem, and then, I was never in that position, so you, I am with you, right? It's I, like. I, uh, I work with like case managers, and I'll bring them like sometimes like trade pizza, and I one time picked up like, pizza and I called Ellie and I'm like the nisayon I am having right now to not lean over in the car and eat that pizza oh my gosh pizza is. and he's like for every second you're not bringing that you're not eating that pizza you're getting a mitzvah like right. obviously we would never I would never actually 
actually do it. But right. Like, but it was like right here. Right. This, 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 no one would know. I'm in my car. I'll think of slices though. But I mean, it's like. I know. It's, it's like a true. funny thing. Like sometimes like you look around and you're like, is anybody like watching? And I'm like, I could, I could like, this is, this, this is my, let's say, dirty little secret, whatever it is. And then you can go to such a bad place and you could say, no, I'm serving Hashem in this. I'm serving Hashem in this moment. I had this like recently, like. Let's say, I, even if I, and, and by the way, you shouldn't think that it's all or nothing. I think that like another major theme, like besides that struggles are most important, another major theme in Tanya is that it's not all or nothing. And the minutes that you control yourself from eating the pizza are valuable. And the minutes after, let's say you did eat the pizza and you feel bad and you try to do tshuva is also valuable. Yeah. So, and even if you're like, what do you mean? I held off for 20 minutes. Let's say like Lush and Hara hours, like Mishmaras hours. Even though like I'm not so into it, I understand. But you're like, oh my God, it's not my hour. Okay, so I'm going to wait. So let's say like you're waiting. So the 15 minutes till let's say 8 o'clock till your hour is over, every minute that you waited is conquering something. By the way, and by now, I do I have a Lush and Hara 20 minutes. Uh-huh. And I've It's like there is, right, there is like real value to it. Yeah, right. It feels so good, and the more you practice it, most of the time you end up forgetting, like. By the way, you're jumping ahead to the last part of this this, um, chapter. I'll say it for a second before we get to it, but basically, what we're going to try to do, and Baltani teaches us, is try practicing self control even when it's permissible. Because you'll see that you get stronger from it. So I'll give you an example. So he says like, okay, so here this story with the rabbi, he comes to the rabbi and he says, I want to marry non-Jew. And the rabbi says, I envy you because your struggle is a value. So a person who struggles is basically giving a gift to Hashem. So he brings this down from, uh, I think the Zohar explains this. Hold on one second. That I want to just make sure. He gives a story from the Torah where um, Yaakov, and I always find this interesting because in my mind, like Esau and Yaakov are totally the Nefesh Elokiz and Nefesh Bahamas. Like I'm not, I've never like, like confirmed it if somebody here knows if it's if it's so like I think that you see they're like they're like you see the good guy and you see the bad guy right you see like Yaakov is Ishto like if Ishtam Yoshev Elohim and then we have Asa who's like that fiery energy the Nefesh Bahamas so the two of them right when Yitzchak was asking Asa to bring him food he said bring me delicacies it's funny because Yitzchak always liked Asa better not better but he always had like a like a kind of like a love for him that was different than Yaakov. Love for your kid, not <laughs> the, the fiery one, right? The not the one, one, exactly. The redheaded one, right? Like, do you remember it? No, blondish, no. not very blonde. Blonde, blonde. blonde. very blonde. Um, I'm always like, is that in the same family? Yeah. Probably well, is. It is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> so you have, and he said, bring me delicacies. And he said, why does it say delicacies in in plural? And the Zohar explained that it was referring to the two types of gifts that we can give to Hashem. We can give out gift to Hashem, which is beautiful delicious, runny chocolate chip cookie, Yaakov-esque, perfect tzaddik, right? Or, like, sometimes you're in the mood of, like, something like savory. Like, do you have this? I go back and forth, though. I have savory, then I need something sweet, and then I have sweet, and I need savory. So, this idea where there's two types of gifts you could bring to Hashem. You can bring on a silver platter a beautiful, sweet, yummy apple crisp, or you can bring something spicy or something savory that is, like, 
also a gift to Hashem. Hashem likes both. So it's not, and by the way, we have those tzaddik moments within us where like we keep Shabbos and Shabbos comes easy to us and that's a beautiful, delicious, sweet gift to Hashem. But then it could come like Matzah Shabbos where I always, I was talking to Leah Rosen's wife about this, like I try to like just go to sleep because like especially if they don't come home to Shul Soy just so that I'm like, I don't end up like starting to tidy up in the kitchen and starting doing things that maybe are Machal Shabbos, maybe not, maybe organize my kid's closet. But if I can control myself in something that I actually struggle with, that's a savory gift to Hashem. So it's like Hashem wants both. And within us, even though we may not be tzaddikim, we still have mitzvot that come easy to us that are tzaddik-like. So it's like we want to bring both to the table. This chapter specifically is talking about the things that we struggle with. But, and, and, and if you don't, if you don't, if you deny your struggles and say like, okay, whatever, this is who I am, that's a little bit of arrogance. You're saying like, Hashem, I don't want to struggle. I, want, I just want to be a tzaddik. Hashem's like, well, that's very not what you're here for. Right, very nice. Like, I'm very happy for you, but you want to struggle. So we don't want everything perfect, but we want to struggle, and then we want to take those struggles and use it. So, um, Imagine if everyone yeah. remembered this concept, not just for themselves, but for other people, and that every person has their own demons that they're going through or their own struggles and their own challenges, and for every minute that person's not doing whatever it is that you've just seen them doing, maybe people would judge each other a whole lot. Oh my gosh, that is beautiful. It will, I think it also, it will be a perfect world. Like I think Mary Freeman was saying also, like whenever we think that somebody else is doing something else to us, we're like, it's a klipa of ourselves that we need. And then that makes you kind to everyone. Stop saying like, oh, they have so many klipas. Say, I have klipas that I have to pull off myself to be able to see the neshama of that person. So I do, that's beautiful. That's right. Then we should have like the Michael Jackson song, like, you know, the world would be a better place, yes, yes, yes. right? Okay, so we want to cherish the opportunity that the desire brings up, and the tzaddik says to the Benoni, I envy you. Okay, so ultimately Hashem wants me as my imperfected, challenge, difficulty, all the fragile parts of me. Hashem doesn't want them to be perfect. Hashem just wants me to bring those broken pieces to him. Okay, um, then let's talk about this value. Okay, so I was saying like, I'm not so good at math, like with place value, but like, what is the value of our challenges? We keep saying there's value, there's value. So this is what we were talking about in the car. We were saying how like, there is value into the struggle, but what's that value in the struggle? That means that when you do something good, right? Like when you do something that you've controlled yourself, let's say one minute of controlling yourself from that pizza, that moment has cosmic effects. That doesn't just change you, wow, I did it. That puts an energy out into the world that removes like sitra acha, that like removes darkness from the world every time you control. So what's the value in me controlling my challenges? The value is that I make the world a better place. I change the whole fabric of the world. Every action that I do will give some energy in the world that somebody else will pick up. So it's like a little bit like, it's very like, Chabat this is very much like, I'm not just going to tell you fluff. I'm going to tell you that there's a mechanical system in this world that if I do good, it affects somebody else. It could be far out. It could be a ripple effect. It could affect somebody in another place. Like you could be standing at the coastal feeling something that you're controlling. And then it sends, it literally that energy could be somewhere in like Texas. You have no idea where it affects. And that's where the value is. So you're not just, and specifically Yiddin, like specifically Jewish people, we have this ability that the more we control ourselves and the more we hold tight, like there's a knock on the door. Remember that story? Like there's a knock on the door and I, want, I don't want to let this bad thought in. Just keep the door closed. For every minute you keep the door closed, you make the world a better place. 
So it's like, don't just think about me and myself. Because like if it was just me and myself, I'm like, I want to feel good, and I'm going to learn Tanya, and I'm going to teach Tanya. And I, then it's only about little struggles. It's only about like, should I like make the chasa dinner in my house? You know what I mean? Because then easy struggles, right? Let's say like I always think like, there are, there are easy tasks, right? Like that mitzvahs that look very pretty, like, I'm on the board of like, uh, you know, you know what I'm talking about, the school. Like my name is written on the bottom of like a, a hosting a breakfast. And they're like, oh my God, Phoebe's so involved. She's, she's making breakfasts. I'm like, that's an easy one. What about me controlling myself at the gourmet lot meat manager when they sent me like literally three racks of lamb that is not what I ordered. And now I made the sauce for the ribs already. But what... What about me controlling that? That's also inherent value to this world. It's not just about, you know, the, the pretty things and the nice things. It's it's easy. It's very easy to 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 go through life being like a, a good girl on the easy path, on the mitzvahs that are out there. But what about the things that nobody sees? Those are so potent. Those are so so strong. Those send out so much energy into this world. And okay, I so them, them, like those are the hidden ones, I guess, because they're inside of you. And those aren't the mitzvahs that everyone's going to get to see you overcoming. Right. That's you yourself overcoming them. Right. It's so, like, and, it, and, and I think that we've done this before in Tanya, where we're saying, like, it's really all about Hashem. Like, if we think that the mitzvahs are to make me feel better, that's already, that's already a wrong version of it. It has to be me seeing that, like, everything is about me and Hashem. Not just about me looking good and me feeling. No, it's about everybody. It's about the whole world. And some people are going to be in the slum. Some people are going to... Like, I mean, like, I feel like Rabbi talks about this a lot. Like, there are people who struggle with the deepest, darkest things and in the darkest places, and the world looks down on them. And, like, he's like, no, the people who have the biggest struggle are going to bring the biggest light. And you're like, I don't see that. Well, that, that's what my whole point what I just said. Right. That if you imagine if people took a reaction to this concept and really channeled it, and instead of saying, well, that person... Doesn't fit with, you know, this or it, right. instead of saying, it's like my biggest pet peeve. Like, that's not the class that I want to be in. I don't want to be in that neighborhood class because this class, they do this. Well, guess what? Maybe your daughter needs to be in that class and she needs some kind of ticket and she needs to feel the energy of the people who struggle the most. Maybe that's okay. We've had that conversation. Yeah. The camp yeah. conversation. Right? Like, I know. I should just turn the camera over. Yeah. <laughs> right? But if every moment and every desire I control myself, I keep getting like, like thrusted and it's harder and it's harder every moment I'm getting a mitzvah. So you can ask, okay, does that mean that there's no value before and there's no value after? No. Every time it is, every time you're making a difference, there's so much value to that and that the more you subdue your negative feelings and attractions and pulls and desires, the, the more you're subduing the negative forces of the universe. It's like, I always think about this, like when Shlomo Melch, oh, I think my sourdough. Hold on a second. Hello? <laughs> Would you be able to take out the sourdough? I think it's ready. The sourdough. This is what happens when I'm cooking. I know. Um, okay, so that we realize. Wait, what was I just saying? I forgot. I'm just kidding. <laughs> the negative forces. The negative forces. We were about. We just finished discussing how like it's controlling like the negative the negative forces out of life when you're able to control your your. When you're able to control yourself, it keeps the negative, negative forces, forces out. Okay, when I get... I a story about something that had to do with that, I think. Okay, when I get to it, I, <laughs> I, like, I'm telling you, like, the brain cells that we have right now. 
Oh, somebody's saying David HaMelech, like David HaMelech. And by the way, David HaMelech is a perfect example of this. David versus Shaul, right? Shaul HaMelech, I always think about this. Shaul HaMelech was like, was perfect. He was beautiful. He was tall. He was good looking, right? Like they say like he was, and then it was like when they were looking for David HaMelech to like anoint him, they were like, where is he? That, that little, you know, redhead, by the way, over there, right? So Shaul was the, the tall, dashing guy, right? And he, uh, he obviously had his own struggles, but he was from the Shevet of Yemen, right? He's from, he's from that concept of Rachel, where things were beautiful on the outside, things were perfect, right? Like Yosef HaTzadik, Shaul was of that world, where it was the Benoni who was the Eved. He was serving Hashem. All of a sudden comes David Amalek onto the field, and he is like the ultimate Balchuva. He's from Yehuda. He's from Leah, right? He's the he's the one that struggles. Leah in Iraq was like she had demons that she had to struggle with. She was supposed to marry Esav, right? If you think about it, Le- I always think about that. Leah was supposed to marry Esav, and that was supposed to give birth to Yehuda and Malchus the face David. And Leah and, and Rachel was supposed to marry Yaakov, and that was supposed to be destined for the line of let's say Shalomah, right? Or like Mashiach ben Yosef. But what ended up happening was. Esav was the Russia of all Russias that just separated himself. So Yaakov had to marry both. But of that nature, David Amalek channeled that. David Amalek was the redhead who channeled his anger to fight wars, to conquer Eretz Yisrael. Um, so that that's an idea where you have to realize that through your struggles is where is where you're going to get it, right? From like the from the deepest place we call, like from the darkest place, from your shameful place. Oh my gosh. Okay, this is like I have to show it to you, but. Dalia Friedman, Mary's daughter, is doing a music video. Thank you, Hashem. She's doing a song, and it's the place that, like, it's very nice to call out to Hashem when you're up on top, but what about calling out Hashem from, from the bottom, from your shameful place of a person who has bad desires and has negativity that, that is drawn to it? So it's from the lowest, from the lowest places, that's where the, that's where the highest can come up. Okay, thank you for whoever said that, brought me back. Okay, so now what we're saying is that there's a few things here. In chapter 27, we're saying there's something called guilt, which we spoke about in 26, that we figured out how to deal with. 27, we're saying shame, something that's inherently part of you. How do I deal with it? I cherish it. I, 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 I enjoy those moments of struggle because I realize that there's value to it. What's the value to it? The value to it is that it changes the world. It changes the fabric of the world. It makes the world a better place. It makes you a better person. It lets you connect to Hashem in the most savory way. Now we're going to say the last thing is, is that now that we have this concept, and I think you jumped to this in the beginning, is that now that we have this concept, try to, try to do that even in the things that you're allowed to do. So um, Shay Stab explained, um, let's say, Kaddish Atmacha bin Mutar Lach. Be Makaddish yourself. Make yourself holy in things that are Mutar to you, things that are allowed to you. What does that mean? Let's say, like, like he gave this example, like, there's two cereal. I'm a big cereal person, like, yeah. What's your favorite cereal? Oh, ass. I'm very odd. Okay. Raisin bran, golden bran. What about raisin bran with the crunch? Mm, no? OG raisin bran. My father's OG. favorite cereal in the entire raisin world bran. is raisin bran and fiber one. Um, golden grams is a big. There used to be this crackling oat bran. It was like squares of like oats. I don't feel like nobody What about like, you know puffins? There was like a... Yeah, of course. But before puffins, there was... No, they were like um, short. Golden. They were like short yellow boxes, and they were like they looked like puffins, but they were yeah. What are they called? Um, uh, whatever. Those smetnuts. Crunchy corn. Um, 
Okay, fine. So that was definitely like my favorite cereal. Same lines. Not the sweet one. Not Fruity Pebbles. Fruity Pebbles does something weird to a plastic spoon on it. I don't like it. It's like the sugar in it. So let's say you were faced with two cereals, right? And like one that you can handle, but one that you really, really love. In that moment, say, I'm going to take the one that I don't really love. And I'm going to see how that makes me feel. And if I could do it, that's so cool. That's like me like upping my weights. Like I'm saying like, I, I want to speak, right? I, I, this is me all the time. I'm, I, I can't. I can't stop control myself from talking. Like a thought pops into my head and I have to like turn my head to my coworker and tell her. Or I have to turn my like head to my kid. I just, I'm always talking, right? What if, and, and it's totally butter. It's not Lashonara. It's not like, um, you know, Rechilas or anything, even Litova, whatever. It's just regular conversation. Just don't say the thing that just came into your mind and see how long you can control yourself for that. Even something like, um, I mean, that's a... Even something that's much. Like, I, was, I was thinking like even something like super practical, but like even it just taking yourself out of the out of a comfort zone and putting yourself in a different in a different situation, like the shame improving yourself. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. It's like you know you can handle that, and that's not bad. But it's I'm gonna push myself a little bit. Let me see if I can do it. Yeah, a hundred percent. That's a very good example, also. Yeah, like or even let's say like. I have a very hard time like when I'm cooking like I'm super distracted because I'm like I have to story everything but like I also have to work but I also want to listen to a podcast and then my phone is connected to the kids bluetooth and then they're like we don't want to hear like another Chase Dow class we don't want to hear another like you know and I'm like no this is what I'm like right what if I just took my phone and I put it aside for 10 minutes or just didn't even check whatsapp for 15 minutes even though it's allowed there's nothing bad I'm not talking Lashon Hara I was listening to a class or I was whatever whatever just see how that makes you feel don't open up your email for one hour see how that makes you feel and it's like it's so i this is what i'm learning something about chabad chassid this is very much about training yourself like he says he brings down the story from chazad that tzaddikim they would eat breakfast later i don't know if i could do that because i think about breakfast when i'm in bed even though this is something i've been practicing to try to push myself off i don't know if it's like intermittent fasting or see how long i can go i know it's good to eat breakfast but i want to just see how long i can go and you start to realize that what the tzaddikim did was it's not an avera to eat breakfast earlier and they're taking a half hour anyway for their breakfast to stop from learning and then after they eat breakfast they're going to go back to learn. There was nothing wrong about eating breakfast at 9 o'clock versus 10 o'clock. But they wanted to just stretch themselves and say, so let's see what happens if I wait till 10 o'clock. And if I can wait till 10 o'clock, that means that I can really wait till 11. And that means that when something really, really bad comes my way, I got it. So it's like, it's not just that you deal, right, it's not just, it's not just deal with the struggles and like be like a, a be like defense. Also play offense, play offense. Tanya is now telling us for the first time, you play offense. See how much you can control yourself, even when it's mutter, even when it's allowed, because that will help you when you get to something that you're not allowed to. So it's like a very, it's like a cool concept that like just pushing off even things that are permissible, even things that are allowed, you tell your animal soul, guess what? I'm in the driver's seat. I'm in control. So I'm gonna try to think of another example. Okay, so like the serial example he gave was like something so simple and so easy, but like, and I'll, even I'll, the speaking. I'll give, an, I'll give an example of my friend actually that this reminded me of. My friend was discussing me and she started learning about SNES a little bit. Mm -hmm. And the beginning topic that she brought up was not, had nothing to do with what you wear. It was about how you speak, how you act, how you, and all those things that she was, was reading about, she's like, they're all permissible. It's just being a little bit more sneeze right. in how you 
present yourself or how you act or the things that come right. out of your mouth. So like, like, like there's halacha, right? And you're like, okay, fine, whatever. But let's say it's not. Let's say it's something that I think that I can just do, right? Just like holding back a little bit. Like it's okay for the whole world not to know every single thing that pops into our head. And I'm the same way. I, I'm so I guilty of this. I would also, but like, I, I love right. that this is like the example that like you gave. What you were saying, like just holding, back. just holding back. Even right. if it's not, it's nothing. Like I do it at work a lot. Like I have those days that I'm like super focused. Like I put my AirPods in and I'm like, Kate, nobody talk to me, right? And it's like, but and then it's like a thought comes in and it's like such a funny story and like, like no, no, don't. Okay, right? Like be productive, do it. And I've been doing it. Like and I also like I always want to share everything with like somebody, right? Like right away. Like I have to send a voice note. Send the voice note later. Control yourself, and then see how that feels. And then you're like, oh, I got it. So really. Um, this is this is another just like on this we'll probably use as a tiny word of the day like another just one last concept from the Zohar and they're in Aramaic but he says that there's there's two ways of of dealing with these things that come up so you can say I can either take something negative and I can transform it and that's like it's pachya like 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 to pachya like right to turn over right so that you could take something negative you take a negative impulse and you turn it into something good that's like. I'm about to marry the non-Jew, but I choose not to. So that, that is me flipping it. And then there's another terminology called isgafia, which means to subjugate, which means to push down. And that means that even impulses that are permissible, I just push them down. So I, it's not Lashon Hara, but I'm just not going to say it. I pushed it down. Or it's I have such a drive for Lashon Hara that I end up saying something good about that person. So it's like one is like flipping it on its head and making it something good. And one is just pushing them down. And... You can do both, and you should do both, and you should practice both, and one helps the other. Like, kind of like one feeds the other. One is like, I push down, it's almost a little bit like impulse control, but in, in the positive. You could, you could do impulse control. So it's like, I can eat lunch now at 11 o'clock, or I could wait till 12 o'clock. But it depends how early I got up. Sometimes 12 o'clock really feels like 11 o'clock. But also be mindful of the fact that you want to be, and the same way that like you want to speak Lashonara, but like, be mindful of it, like, this is a service I'm doing for myself, which is for Hashem. Right. Because and that also like sends out messages into the world. It like sends out. So like I can, you know, I can do this thing for pleasure um, and it's permissible, but I'm just not going to do it. I'm going to hold it off. I'm going to hold it off. I'm going to hold it off. Look who's boss. Like, right. And it, and it gives you, it gives you, it gives you strength. Um, so it's really like all about the leverage. Like you now, now that you know that you've held it off for an hour, you're like, I can hold off anything for an hour gives you it's like more powerful and then you get more impact from it so just to like quickly recap we're saying don't feel bad about your sinful impulses celebrate them feel good about them use them as bringing a gift to Hashem and then appreciate that that there's value to even waiting like I had this conversation with somebody um People are sending messages. I'm trying to read them. Um, I was just having this conversation. I, I was talking to somebody, human and holy. She's also, her name is Tanya. She's amazing. I'm going to probably do like a little podcast with her. She taught me like something very, very important. And I feel like I just like basically about like, if you know Aleph, like teach Aleph. Like that's really this idea. So anyway, I want to bring this back to her, but I was, I had a conversation with her and Yael, my daughter was driving and I was like in the car and it was great. It was very helpful. But she heard me like talking about these lofty concepts of chasidas. And then I walk into my house and the gourmet got sent the wrong order. And I just like, I'm like, oh my gosh. And she looks at me, she's like, ma, you pretend to be this person who always is in control and you have everything and you're talking all this like chasidas and whatever and you're so good. And then like, you also lose it. And I'm like, you're right. I did lose it, 
but there's still inherent value in all the things that I said before and all the minutes and seconds that are gonna happen after that and don't negate that because then you're gonna tell me I'm this shame, I'm like shameful person, I'm just this impatient person, I'm not nice to people and then it's like you lose that. So no, there's value to before, there's value after and then the reason is there's value is because it affects everybody and it affects the whole world and now basically just start practicing self-control in the realm of permissible things. And had you not lost it, you wouldn't have been able to like take it back and be like, okay, I, I lost it because I'm frustrated. And we said in the earlier chapter, right. it's okay to lean into your feelings, lean right. in. Now, like right. 26 and 27 kind of have to go hand in hand. Because like, they lean do. in. I can feel the guilt, feel it for a second. Now we're gonna we'll circle back at that. Bring later. it back, and right? Instead, I'm going to take a good recap, and I'm going to understand that I have patience, things I need to work <laughs> on, but I'm gonna persevere and cook yantuk now, and right. I'm gonna use my yantuk cooking and right. elevate it. Even in my impatience, I'm so frustrated. And, I'll be, and then you'll also be able to handle what you're doing with your meat, whether you're going to make a lot and you'll be able to maybe have a And you use it, like what you're saying is that you end up using it as a springboard. You end up using the low moments to say, oh my gosh, this is not me. I don't want to be this kind of person. And even if this is my person, this is the way that I serve Hashem. And I'm going to give it back to you, Hashem. And I'm going to give it back. Okay, then it started raining and then I got frustrated and then you bring it back, right? Like it's like, it's really like your whole day. Like you can't unthink this. This becomes part of your like, no? <laughs> Right, you have to keep going back. And then you know the chapters and you bring it back. But really starting to do it in the realm of permissible things is like something that I'm going to really like try to take on. Because you're like, that, guess what? That control has the same It's almost even effect. more powerful. That was like my point. Like sometimes taking something to like that next level is just something that, like it really makes you appreciate certain, like the concept of a humra because right. it's. You're like, oh, now I know why people do that. I get it. Like because it's. Something a little extra that will help sweeten my my deal here. Right. My, it's not. I used to think of it more as like, why putting? Why are you? Why are they adding more things in areas that like we already have enough in? Right. But it's not that. It's but I think that control. if it's self-imposed chumras, then it's okay. Like right. then, it, right? Self-imposed are like now I get it. Like I, when it when it's without das and without understanding, and we're just right, doing because we're just doing yeah, it. But like, like right. Right, intention. You're, you're, you're right. like you're good, and like someone else can judge you for whatever intentions you have. If they don't know your your struggles and your demon, like that's why it's you're about gonna make you. the world a better place. Well, we're gonna work on it. We're gonna together. do it. We're gonna do this all we're together. We're with the energy. <laughs> oh my god, I know it's like energy. Okay, I'm gonna end this here. Have an amazing young tip, everybody. Um, don't get wet and enjoy. And even if it's wet, enjoy it when it's wet. Okay, <laughs> take care. Thank oh my gosh, you. I'm so happy you came because so this would have been like 15 minutes, if not. It's a shorter chapter. It's definitely a shorter chapter. I also think that it now that I'm deciding to do it weekly, I'm going to go slow. In the beginning, I was doing so many classes. I was squeezing so many in because I'm like, oh, we're only doing this in the summer. But now you're going to Wait, how many yeah. chapters is that? This is 54. Oh, awesome. But I almost like, I want to tell you. How are we going to like... Like, give me like, what's the rest of the concepts? Like, ancient, ancient, ancient. See, like, like, there's no worry in this world. Like, ancient, ancient, there's nothing for it. I love this because this 
this is so practical and real. Like, not that those are those are beautiful facts. I'm sure once we learn it, it's like so nice. the epitome of like, we don't get it, we don't understand, we don't just so like, Joey, you can also do crazy things to bring happiness to this world. Well, Chabad is much more so integratable, right, like practical, like, I see such a change since I was on the time. I was doing wrestling for two years, like the wrestling book club, right? Story of a lost princess. You I can't relate to it as much as, as, as Tanya. Tanya is like relatable, practical, mm -hmm. guideline. 